record. It's red. <laughs> that means we're rolling. <laughs> Oh, and welcome back to the Big Fat Gay Podcast, where we like to talk about the things that are weighing on our minds. My name's Don Marshall. I am a big chubby guy living here in sunny Hollywood, and today I'm feeling a little bit of deja vu. <laughs> Why could that possibly Anyone else be? Feeling that? It's almost like we've recorded this episode before. No, I don't remember that. In a world, <laughs> there'll be some explanation when we reach Michael. I think. Yeah, no. No, no need for that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hello. My name is Dan Oliverio, author, public speaker, and chubby chaser. Uh, and yes, I too am feeling this incredible sense of deja vu. Wait, is, was that cat there before? Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Trevor Kizan. I'm a super chub, and I'm here still. Michael's apartment and the second verse is same as the first. Oh, Jesus. Uh, yeah. It's <laughs> round two. My, okay. Well, so my name is Michael. I'm a chaser and I was supposed to hit record at the start of the episode. But he, um, but sorry, he remembered 40 minutes later. I remembered almost like we were almost at the end of the main subject, 40 or so minutes in. And I went to check the time code to see how long we'd been recording. And we had not in fact been recording at all. So here we are. Welcome back to us to, for the second and time. It all works out very well because this is how we're going to make a really good first impression <laughs> on, on our new editor, Nick. Yay. Welcome. So everybody, Welcome, Nicholas Nick. is going to be editing this show um, and we're really excited about it. And fortunately, the first recording of this was pretty rough. So <laughs> we're going to try and do better he, this time. Nicholas caught a break. Yeah, yeah. He, he really dodged a bullet. And dear <laughs> listener, this is the first time you'll ever get to hear that a second draft of an episode. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is literally the first time. And if we're not polished, we don't have a good excuse. Oh, God. Yeah, no, we, we got to be on it. This um, is us with rehearsal. Ooh. So just as a reminder, before we get into it, uh, we... Uh, are launching a Patreon channel to support the hiring of Nicholas, our, our wonderful editor. Um, that is going live uh, on the Sunday following this episode's launch on April 17th, which is my birthday. So please uh, consider supporting the Patreon channel. We'll have lots of exclusive content, no matter what amount you pledge. What or, an amazing present but. to give to Michael on his birthday. Yeah. Yeah. You are literally giving him the gift of freedom. Freedom. Mm -hmm. Once uh, we get enough money to pay Nick, we will finally remove the chain connecting his ankle to his desk. Mine, not Nick's. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say. <laughs> Nick gets the chain. Yes. <laughs> so Nick, I don't know if you saw this in the contract I sent you, but uh, you will actually have to. No. Um, no, but it's very exciting, and this will Although free us Although boys up. chained a computer might be a very good Patreon plus, you know, just a yeah. couple well, like, nice place pictures. And Let's let him get a couple episodes in before we, we make that happen. We start mm. selling him for <laughs> <laughs> no, sex no, no, cash no, no, on Patreon. No, 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 no. Don't freak him out. Um, no, but this will be great because there will be exclusive content that we'll be posting on the Patreon regularly, um, including additional, like, minisodes and other stuff that we're going to brew up. So consider supporting it Sunday the 17th of April, coming your way. Yes. Um, all right. So diving right in. I love how efficient we are now. Yeah. <laughs> We've done this once we're already. We're moving right along. Don't worry. It's, you didn't miss anything. It's too. the mailbag. <laughs> it is the mailbag. Zip thud. There's no thud. I don't There's know what thud, thud you're There is no thud. It's there, a baseline. There, there is a thud. It's a baseline. Okay. But that's a thud. Okay. Well, at any rate, <laughs> uh, we had a listener write in, um, <laughs> 
Exactly. And if you haven't heard the show before, a mailbag is when a listener writes in and asks us to be, <laughs> you know, smart and thoughtful about the things that they sent to us. And so we're going to try oh, God our best. help them. What did they write, Michael? <laughs> they, wrote, they wrote, hi, guys from the pod. I read The Round World, uh, which is Dan's book. It's recently. available on Amazon, I believe. It's available in Amazon or your local bookstore if you care to order it from there. Oh, yeah. Uh, recently, and it helped me be at peace with my body and to love my roles even more. Now, on to the question, and I hope Dan can answer this question on a future episode. And that's what we're here for, so thank you for writing. It's the future. <laughs> it really is the future. <laughs> um, so I'm a chubby, and even though I'm attracted to big guys like me or even bigger, I find myself, lust I find myself lusting over big bodybuilder or big muscle men. Not because of their muscularity or constitution per se, but because I like to see myself in contrast between my fat and their muscles when we're together. Contrast is hot. It's extremely hot. I've heard a lot of people I mentioned that actually. You're not alone. Uh, it's always been a fantasy of mine to be with a fitness enthusiast slash bodybuilder, but for some reason I've never met a fit chaser or someone with muscles who's willing to be with a chub. How can I find someone in the fitness community or a fit chaser that wants to be with somebody fat? Well, <laughs> um, a couple of things. One, make sure you say you're looking for this in your profile. Mm -hmm. Two, if you're on bigger city, um, you might, because you said that you're into fat guys and guys maybe even fatter than you. So maybe on bigger city, you have chub for chub checked as your as your as your badge. Yeah, as your type, basically. But you know, bigger city only allows one of those. So that's if that's what you have checked, guys like me, if I see chub for chub, I keep moving right along. I don't interact because I don't think you're interested in me. Mm -hmm. So make sure that if you're looking for uh, uh for for bodybuilders, that you just say chub because chub for chub will exclude people. Whereas I think if you if you just say chub, other chubs will still hit you up. Yeah. And the other thing too is if you you can go outside the the chub the chubverse. So not just sorry, I don't know what that was. There was something floating in my coffee oh dear. that I almost just swallowed and I'm like really grossed out. Sorry. I will I will get through this moment. <laughs> oh, that doesn't look good. Uh, it was on your crotch. I think it fell onto this. What? It's, it's moving. No, I think it's just a piece of paper towel. I don't know how that happened. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Continuing right yeah, along. Now continue, Michael. <laughs> can, I, can I keep going, please? Oh, we're falling um, apart. I'm sneezing now. No, Trevor, no. Um, Trevor has the daintiest sneezes. He does. So, But you were saying that, uh, like, so Bigger City you had some advice for, but then you were suggesting maybe they go somewhere else yeah, where there's an so untapped market? That's the thing. If you're looking for contrast then you might want to find a contrastive site. And you couldn't get more contrastive if you're fat than going to something like Grindr. I ding, can ding. attest to this. Because <laughs> um, you get a lot of play on Grindr, don't you? Yeah, and I think it's just the fact of Bigger City is a specialty food store and I am a uh, exotic item on Grindr, like... It's, Which is like a Ralph's or a Kroger or something. Like it's just a, yeah. a regular spot for regular people. Yeah. Piggly Wiggly, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> and like I am the whole jackfruit. Randomly is, showing up. Yeah. Whereas like you can like, well, I've had canned jackfruit, but I've never, wow, I've never had that whole thing before. And it's fresh it's and raw. Than I thought. And there's, 
How do you open uh, this? How do I even, this? yeah. <laughs> what do I even do with this? There's a lot of questions you might be asking yourself. Well, because a lot of a lot of chasers don't know they're chasers. And mm-hmm. a lot of encouragers don't know they're encouragers because they've never been in, env- in an environment to discover that. And they certainly haven't been encouraged to discover that. Because like, why would you want that? There's all that sure. stigma attached to it. But I find that so many, so many chasers have sort of been like, oh, wow, I'm not, you know, I'm not into fat guys, but wow, you're hot. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, you're also, you know, the guy's also fat. Mm-hmm. And they come to discover this. Well, where were they when they discovered this? They were on Grindr. Mm-hmm. They were on some normie site. Yeah. They're browsing the Piggly Wiggly. <laughs> Do you ever get blowback on those sites, Trevor? Um, I do. Or just like blown. the, like, <laughs> the, like, oh, well, like you're fat and that's unhealthy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, to which yeah, I can only respond. Thing. Are you texting that to everyone who has a picture of them smoking on their profile? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I would be, but I don't know. I have had some, I, I gentle listener who wrote in, uh, I would definitely check out Grinder because you might get some. Uh, you might be surprised. I kind of really want to go into Grinder now and create a profile with a big picture of a jackfruit, <laughs> <laughs> and I'll, I'll name it Jackoff Fruit. Oh Jesus Christ! All right, well, <sighs> <sighs> moving right along, you'll get hit up by all the dragon fruit. They're uh, spiky. So uh, Desiree Birch is yes. up to some cool stuff on YouTube. Uh, Trevor, uh, you want to give us a quick overview of who Desiree is? Yes. So if you don't remember, Desiree Birch is an actress, comedian, all around wonderful person. Uh, we featured her Comedy Central UK web series, Fat Chat. So long ago. Um, yeah, 2020. <laughs> I I felt a deep, uh, deep I was sad, a child then. <laughs> a deep, sad pain in my in my body when I realized that was two years ago. Yeah. Um, but she is back with a new YouTube series called Profiles in Fatness. Mm-hmm. And it is wonderful. And we all watched the first episode about uh, film and television with Aubrey Gordon, a.k.a. Your fat friend. Yeah, they're about ten minutes long, and they're they're like ten minutes of fat people in film and television, and and what's that? And you know, we've done a lot of talking about that of about that on the podcast, but sometimes we don't get to things like oh, fatness in sports, mm-hmm. or you know, in the athletic world, or fatness in fashion. We do a little bit of that, but yeah. they do a whole deep dive. Or um, fatness in activism. Mm-hmm. They have they have the author of um, Fearing the Black Body, Doctor Sabrina Strings. Yes. Uh, and do an interview with her, which is a, a brilliant book. Mm-hmm. And just that her background as a large black woman, she has different observations than we do. So mm-hmm. some of the, like some of this stuff in we, yes, we talk a lot about film and TV, but I don't think we've ever talked about an observation she made mm. where Miss Piggy was her icon growing up. Yes. Like mm-hmm. as a fat cis woman top, <laughs> <laughs> hetero top. It's an interesting way to put it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, as soon as she phrased it in those terms, I'm like, I realized, yes, I absolutely did see Miss Piggy as my way into the Muppets when I was growing up. Or, and- or the parallel she draws, I love this, between Hattie McDaniel, who is the maid in Gone with the Wind, yeah. and talking about how that becomes the way into the fat best friend role that you mm-hmm. see so much later in sitcoms. Yeah, mm-hmm. it sort of established this sort of, um, you know, fat supporting character who helps the white protagonist with their problems, won an Oscar for that role mm-hmm. um, and continued to play similar roles because that's all she was being offered for the rest of her career. But then it kind of, you know, created this foundation, this sort of like 
template for the fat friend character to continue to basically serve that role for the rest of film history up to this point. And we are seeing that change. And they do talk about shows like Shrill, um, you know, Melissa McCarthy movies and mm -hmm. other things. But um, it's interesting to have those those dots connected because it also it just shows points of view that, you know, even us like we, we might hear about it. We don't we don't have that. Um, and they can they can talk about things, I think, in a really intelligent way. I enjoyed it. And entertaining I, as well. Yeah, and the production yeah. values are really solid, like yeah. especially given that they're Zoom interviews, um, but they have like a lot of B-roll and footage and quality editing. The The definition of Miss Piggy as a top, though, <laughs> is just very like, <laughs> it really kind of crystallized um, the, uh, <laughs> like, I, I see so many couples and I can see the Kermit Miss Piggy Mm -hmm. dynamic absolutely <laughs> <laughs> um and just really it made me appreciate and really uh, see kermit's chaser energy <laughs> well I, I mean that is a dominant stereotype of the sort of the loud brash fat woman married to the meek tiny man yeah of kermit i mean that's hairspray too right yeah mm. a little bit except usually in the stereotype version the man is not attractive the, is the is man, the, the is, husband, the no. husband is not attractive. In yeah. hairspray. In hairspray. Oh, wow. in hairspray. He, oh yeah. yeah, he's attractive. Yeah. The husband is the dad. No, 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 not the husband. No, I, I was thinking of her love interest. Who, no, I'm talking. No, we're about talking the parents. The, the parents. Yeah. The mom oh. and the and the dad. The I'm dad is sure. like this they, sort they of are, nerdy. They play directly into the stereotype that you're talking. Yeah. About. Maybe I think. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I and don't think the of daughter, Jerry Stiller is that you know. meek, but sure, sure. Is Kermit supposed to be hot? Is Kermit hot? <laughs> I mean, he is a protagonist. He's like, yeah. he's the sort of the hero main character of the Muppets. Yeah, but you know, he acts as the straight man for Miss Piggy. Mm -hmm. She's she's the star of that. Mm -hmm. She's the star. I of think everything. he's also the only male character that's presented sort of in a healthy sexual manner. Like, I think Gonzo is sort of portrayed a little <laughs> predatory towards those poor chickens. Um, <laughs> we're Aren't the hens like really like run? Never mind. We don't yeah, need to get down we're that off now. Wait, Bring it back. Bring but it before back. Before we move on from this, just one thing to just quickly mention. I think Hattie McDaniel might be a very interesting topic for us to hit one day because she is the first fat gay black major actress on the scene. Hmm. So she represents everything we talk about in a lot of different ways. The only thing she's lacking is the male gay penis aspect, but. Oh, sure. You know. I didn't realize she was gay though. I didn't either. I didn't know that. Yeah, apparently she was uh, implicated as being like in a love affair with Tula Bankhead and Ooh. Ooh. Uh, well, I do lots of that. rumors. I don't know if it's confirmed or not, but. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Well, moving right along, right? Yeah, uh, moving right along. There's an article in Inverse um, by, I'm gonna, sorry, I apologize for most likely butchering this name, uh, Viren Swami, about how almost half of men have negative body image and here's what to do about it. Mm -hmm. um, and it focuses around an interview that the lead guitarist of the Vamps, James Britton McVeigh, did um, talking about his own uh, body image, you know, pressures and experiences and how he's had to deal with them ever since he was a kid. Um, but it builds out from there and talks about, I mean, the, the general statistic is that 30 to 40% of men have a negative self body image mm -hmm. um, and to the degree that they struggle with it significantly. Um, and I think for me, there were two really important sort of bullet head uh, bullet point takeaways. One of which was that a, this exists, which I think needs to be said. Um, but also it's typically seen as a, as a women's issue for, for obvious reasons, because I think it is primarily um, an issue that more directly and intensely affects women. 
but also affects men. And because of that comparison, a lot of men might feel and probably feel like it is unmasculine to talk about it. Oh yeah, I mean, can you think of anything more girly than a man saying, I'm having body image issues today. It's seen as so unmasculine and such a thing you're not allowed to complain about to, especially to other men. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, and I don't think, I don't think a heterosexual man's gonna complain about this to his wife. Right, Especially right. if she's dealing with her body image issues because it seems like, you know. Well, yeah, even like even a conscientious man who isn't struggling with that toxic masculinity, it, you know, if he says that to, like you said, his wife who is struggling with this, you know, it might, he might feel like an insensitive asshole yeah. mm -hmm. for, for trying to pull focus from her. Exactly. This may also be one of those hetero, like specific issues where like a wife should be feel natural to talk to her husband about, anything, right? Like we're, like we're having problems connecting sexually. You know, and maybe that's because of some of the changes that you've gone through physically. I feel like if a straight woman says that to a straight man, what can he do? He can't talk about it. He can't acknowledge it. Oh, it's he's going to shut up and hit the gym. Yeah. Well, it's mm -hmm. going to turn in it, but it's, it's going to be the most toxic gym. Yeah. 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 Like even if he, if he, either he beats up on himself and denies the issue and ignores it, or he tries to tackle it alone embittered and angry. Like it, I can just see that being all sorts of problems for someone who doesn't have the ability to talk about it with someone else. Well, ability yeah. or, or it's just not sanctioned. It's just not yeah. allowed. Right. Yeah. Right. And it does create, I mean, the, one of the things the article goes into is it creates or, um, you know, uh, makes worse mental health issues, um, like depression and anxiety. It's not just mm -hmm. about, or it's not only about, you know, your body image and how that affects your day-to-day -day life, but also about how it ties into a lot of other factors, um, I mean, to the extent that one in 10 men have experienced suicidal thoughts and feelings and about 4% have deliberately hurt themselves because of body image issues. This yeah. is according to the article, yeah? Yeah. Which yeah. is substantial. Um, what did you say? Is this where you said 80%? So um, I also shared, there was, there's a lot of conversation happening about this right now, which I think is important. And New York Times had an article about bigorexia is basically kind of not feeling muscular enough, feeling small, feeling weak. And 85% uh, of men are dissatisfied with their muscularity. Yeah, to the degree that they're pushing themselves into the gym to look a certain way. And I think particularly in up, you know, youthful generations, whether you're a kid or in your young 20s, wanting to look a certain way because you want to look that way on social media, mm. places like Instagram yeah, and TikTok. Yeah. Um, and the aspiration to look that way, not because you're trying to accomplish something, you know, in athletics or, you know, put that to use in a physical way, but to just look a certain way because you are dissatisfied with your look, not well, your ability. And it's, it's, it's in part look, absolutely. But I think the other thing that we're missing that needs to be examined is it's also part of this toxic masculinity, which is, and, and it's not seen as toxic, toxic masculinity. It's seen as, oh, this is how you be a man. And it's the idea that if you are not struggling and beating up your body into something glorious, mm -hmm. you're not really trying, are you, Wimpy? Right. And so you get, you, because you have all these models on yeah. TikTok and on other platforms who, they are they are starving themselves. You, They are 
beating themselves up with drugs and workouts. Yeah. And they are being lionized for it. They are being richly rewarded for it. People are looking up to them. Oh man, like this one guy, this one bodybuilder was like, you know, every time I feel like I'm gonna eat something and roll off my diet, I just take eight big gulps of water. And, <laughs> and that gets me back on track. Or, you you know, I, I almost lost it the other day and I almost ate something. Yeah. Or, or, <laughs> the, or the opposite of that with, um, you know, in movies you have scenes, you know, any like shirtless scenes with people like Henry Cavill, for instance, in yes. The Witcher, the famous like bathtub scene, um, dehydrated himself for two days. Yeah, he's prior right. to that yeah. standard operating procedure. Yeah, which is yeah. common. That is what you do if you are. I've got tons yeah. of fitness novel friends. I can't like TJ, a, a friend who runs Dungeons and Dragons for us. He's a big fitness guy. Like sometimes I'm playing games and like he's super low energy and he's like he's not really into it. I'm like. Oh, you have a shoot tomorrow, don't you? Like, yeah, how'd you know? Like, well, you haven't had water in two days and you haven't eaten a carbohydrate oh since March. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and that's the you thing. Know? I saw um, Jason Momoa was talking about this exact thing. Like mm-hmm. you dehydrate yourself. And then apparently if you like, if you want your sort of like veins to pop out and really feel like, I guess, very like it, this is an exaggerated effect for the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, you consume carbs right before the cameras roll. And yep. it it creates this effect because it fills the, because it fills these dehydrated muscles with water yeah. and they bulge right and so that's lit- and this is a this is fa- this is for effect for visual effect it is fake yeah. um, and anyone can tell you it is bad for you well and, mm-hmm. but it is but actively again, bad for your this body this is being carried into the idea that it's a lifestyle mm-hmm. and yeah. it's not a lifestyle it's just toxic yeah yeah but it's it's interesting that you know Trevor you talked about earlier people contacting you on Grinder and saying like I'm just concerned about your health. Mm. Meanwhile, like, yes, you hear about fat people dying of heart attacks from time to time. It's true. You do. But you hear that about bodybuilders and joggers and fitness models. And, you know, like, it's frustrating. Mm-hmm. So anyway, it's it's very much worth checking out. Um, it's a very concise article that gets to the point and I think um, could be helpful for some people. And especially like we talk about reducing stigma, um, I think very important for that. Mm-hmm. So, hold on. Does that mean it's time? Yes, it does. Eagles, I summon you! <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, Nicholas, yes. to your first Fat Watch. We're all holding hands. We're flying. It's like a <laughs> Peter Pan or Superman. I smell the oranges in the orange grove beneath us. Yes. <laughs> You've been I really just want to go. over California one time too many. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, I want to go back now. I just want to go... <laughs> Um, yes, so this is Fat Watch yes. 2022. Um, and this week we have an article from the lovely Tigris Osborne, chair of NAFA, former guest mm-hmm. of the podcast, um, in Ad Week talking about how to responsibly advertise to plus size customers. Was it advertising to plus size customers? Or including fat people in your advertising? I mean, it's both. I think, it's, yeah, all of the above. It's uh, creating marketing that positively represents plus-size people. There we go. Mm-hmm. And so NAFA was reached out to by Google. Yes. Um, about basically creating this initiative within their own company and having, um, I guess, fat-positive um, advertising. Is that? Yeah, gu- guidelines for um, all sorts of different groups. For companies who are like, you know, we want to include fat people in our advertisements or we want to specifically market to this group, but we want to do so responsibly and Mm -hmm. um, positively. And Tigris in this ad week article kind of breaks down five ways you can do this. 
first being examining your language, which we talked about last week yeah. in Fat Watch. And really just destigmatizing the word fat, just mm-hmm. letting it be a simple descriptor um, and trying to avoid euphemisms for basically the exact same reason, which is avoiding mm-hmm. stigma. Because once you stigmatize the word, the word that, you know, the people that the word applies to also become stigmatized and that is damaging and dangerous. Yeah. Um, although it's, they ultimately settled on yes, plus Google, size. Google landed on plus size, which like out of all the different kind of euphemistic terms, I think is the most accurate, especially because it's what is used in clothing. Well, mm-hmm. and they settled on it because they say they did a survey among their users. Yes. And that's what the users preferred less language, mm-hmm. which I'm not, I mean, if you're Google, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, for activists, no, because they're trying to move the needle. They're not trying to satisfy the status quo. Yeah. So, I mean, you, you could debate that, but it's, if you're Google, that's not an unreasonable thing to do. Yeah. 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 It's what are you most comfortable with right now? Yeah. You know, um, other things like starting behind the camera, including fat people on creative teams, yeah. giving them a voice, giving them input on the process of whatever the project is that you're trying to. Well, because, do. you know, fat people and, and certainly, I mean, I, I, I hear a lot of times from fat people that they want a chaser photographer who understands what works in a, in, like in a, mm. in a romantic setting. And I think here the analogy is, you know, you need someone fat behind the camera or in the room to sort of direct this and to stay out of the weeds as it were about like, Oh, we can't show that. Why can't we show that as part of the body? Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Yeah. It just helps guide the process and make sure that you're starting with the right ideas and not taking something all the way to the point that you're shooting it only to realize, Oh wait, we're stepping in it. Yeah. And the actor had to tell us that or whatever, mm-hmm. which is not likely to happen because actors don't have that kind of power. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, also showing different kinds of bodies. I mean, fat bodies comes, come in many, many, many shapes and sizes and, and colors and, you know, backgrounds and you're mm-hmm. not going to, and abilities and, and just showing, you know, the, the sort of cis white Hollywood fat, like vaguely plump person is not actually enough. Like you, you need to show a range of different people for it to actually feel inclusive and um, effective, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and mm-hmm. I mean, Don, you had mentioned like if, after a point, seeing that sort of like quote unquote, acceptably fat yeah, person. It means nothing to me. Cause yeah. that's not me. Yeah. I know that you're and not it, talking about me when you put that person on the screen. To the point that you it know? starts to feel a little condescending, right? Mm-hmm. Like kind of like, well, you know, are you not, what is it from glad? Are you not entertained? Yeah. Like, <laughs> are you not satisfied with, with this? Do you, what do you want? What do you really want here? Who has to put like a, a really fat person in this? Well, I think sometimes they've put a fat person in it and the fat people watching don't even know it because it doesn't even occur to us as fat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, you know, like, well, you know, we did put a fat woman in there. She wears a size six. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, that's, that's still below the national average. Well, and then- you fall into the thing of showing, you know, the size six fat person that they've put in clothes that are too small eating and just the, the, tro- like oh, that the, trope, the, yeah. uh, the, the final thing Tiger says is getting rid of stereotypes. She says throughout old stereotypes. And I mean, I recently had to, um, for something I'll talk about later, mm. um, get stock photos of fat people and getting diverse pictures that actually have someone fat where they're not eating a cheeseburger <laughs> mm-hmm. is so difficult. But Trevor, you searched for fat. Why didn't you expect to see cheeseburger also? It, there was one picture that I really loved and I almost got it, but I'm like, oh no, they're eating it. Like I didn't, 
they're it's someone on their phone and they also have a cheeseburger in their other hand and it doesn't really make any sense. No, but they're fat. Of course they would eat a cheeseburger. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what else would a fat person I'm amazed be they weren't talking into the cheeseburger. What else yeah. do you do when you're texting, Trevor? <laughs> and just letting, you know, fat people thrive and showing yeah. them as like professional and not like, I don't know, there's the most common thing is like a fat guy in a recliner yeah. eating while bewildered. Oh God. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. That's so common. You know, it's, it's funny because. Portrayed dumb. <laughs> it's not, it seems to completely elude advertisers that you could take a perfectly normal ad or image and simply have a fat person in the same role as a thin person. Yeah. There has to be, because either one of two things happen, either you have to show that they're fat with the cheeseburger or the fat person has to be representing a problem or the solution to a problem mm -hmm. because a fat person on the screen as an image is somehow inherently problematic. Right. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've talked about it on the show before, but like one of the big reasons why I just stopped acting was because I couldn't take another audition where the, where the director said, that was really good. That was a great take. That was so different from anything else we've seen before. Could you do it dumber? Yep. Could you do mm. it? Could you be like, could you do it fatter? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Could you do it? Well, that's what he meant. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's what he uh, meant. One, one company's advertising that I really like is uh, Big Fig Mattresses. Yes. They, every mm -hmm. time an ad of theirs comes up, I like it, which is, I think, why I, I, I see so many yes, of their ads. Still, but, and and I, I, I agree with you, mm. but that's still an example of the fat people are there to demonstrate a problem which is fat people can't find good mattresses. Sure, but, but well, my point was that they have an incredible variety of people in their ads. They like, do, okay. They have a, okay. an, well, and, a lot of diversity in, in terms yeah. of kinds of couples and, and races. kinds of bodies. That's the thing that surprised me. Okay, I'm well, used to one yeah. fat body on like, you know, the purple page or something yeah. to show like, we're fat friendly. Look, he likes it as opposed <laughs> to Big Fig where there's like six different types of bodies. And it's- they are thriving on the big fig mattress. It's not them like sinking into the other mattress yeah. with big yeah. fig. Oh, like they don't yeah. do a just, before and after yeah. thing. It is just they. That's a really good point. They're not showing the awkwardness of the bad. They're showing the pleasure of the mm -hmm. good. That's well, a good and, point. Yeah, and it is directed at solving a problem that is a problem because other people are ignoring the needs of fat people. Yes. Like it's, that's fair. I that's mean, fair. it is, it is used in a way that is, yes, it's targeted, but it's targeted because they are trying to help. But like for, for like uh, the gap, right. They did that one ad with AD Bryant. Mm -hmm. And Where then I never like, saw another fat person. On their, <laughs> I never saw another fat person on their advertising again. Yeah. Huh. Like, well, and therefore explaining A.D. Bryant's comment in the ad, like, oh my God, what am I doing in a Gap ad? Yeah. <laughs> That's all right. You'll never be seen again. <laughs> oh, we want to see her again. Yes, mm -hmm. definitely. All right. Um, well, I guess rolling right into the main subject. And we're recording. <laughs> we are recording. <laughs> I have checked it probably about 30 times. <laughs> the button is red. That's about as good as I can do. Mm. Yay. Um, so we were talking about, I mean, obviously a lot of stigma around bodies, but also the way people perceive your body and assumptions people make about your ability mm -hmm. specifically, like what do people assume when they see you or meet you for the first time or see you if it's been a while and then what do they assume about your capabilities? Um, which is interesting. I think we have a, like a, a wide range of different yeah. polls. What I found is the farther outside the norm your body is, the more authorized people feel to comment mm. and the wronger they get it. 
<laughs> and it could be because you're hyper hyper muscular, hyper fat, hyper pregnant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's whenever it's out, uh, people just have this. I don't know. They they authorize themselves to comment. I've experienced it a lot. I experienced it just at the car wash right. about expectations. Now, for those of you who haven't seen us, Dan is a bodybuilder. Mm-hmm. So his body type is also outside the norm for and most people. So yeah, I get compliments, but then very often, surprisingly often, it is followed up with, okay, but make sure you keep that up. Make sure you don't fail. <laughs> the admonishment of- The admonishment yeah. of like, you look really good, but watch it. Mm-hmm. You could fail at any moment. You better- For now. <laughs> For now. <laughs> it's really amazing. It's really amazing. Do you see it as sort of an anticipatory schadenfreude? I th- yes, I do. Okay. I think they're definitely, because- well, and also it goes along with the whole before and after pictures and before and after pictures go both ways. Like, oh, the downfall of, you know, the, the thin celebrity who got fat, the fat celebrity who got thin. Mm-hmm. It's all about that, that horse race that is taking place on the canvas of the body. And people are highly invested in that. Yeah. They- That's a great phrase. Repeat that one more time, just so people can enjoy that. <laughs> the horse race that is the human body. Yeah, that mm. is, yeah. I like that. The horse race that is played out on the canvas of the That'd human be, body. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I find that it, it, it comes up in a number of different ways for me. I'm So I'm a chaser. I'm sort of the most straight-sized body in the room. And the assumption I get from, like, you know, your average normie that is in my life is that I weigh less than I do by a by a pretty decent, you know, inaccurate figure, usually at least 20 pounds. Um, and then- Well, yeah, but for you, it's 20 pounds, and for like Trevor, it's 200 pounds. Right, well, Trevor well, only weighs 300 pounds. Yeah. I mean- Well, we, in our- <laughs> He doesn't. But before we said, you know, fat people are 300 pounds or 600 pounds. Yeah. yeah. Right. Depending on like people's- It's like a certain point, it's no longer poundage, it's units. You are one fat person, you are two fat people, you are three fat people. Well, I think it's because the scale Uh, uh, stops uh. at the scale stops at 300. (laughs) He's a Muppet. (laughs) Call back. The the scale stops at 300 and there's my 600 pound life. And there's my 600 pound life. So there's only two possibilities. Right, right. Um, But then even within my interactions in our community with other chubs, uh, a lot of what I get is is an assumption that I'm kind of this like delicate origami flower where I will I will just crumble and break at the lightest touch or how often have you gotten that thing of like I don't know I don't want to break you I would I would say in every circumstance that it has come up <laughs> yeah. every every single time now you know what I get it's really funny because I get it sort of on the opposite end which is like wow I'm so glad you're like big and muscular I know I won't break you so they <laughs> reference you every time they're with me great <laughs> <laughs> Between the two of us, we can just convince people that. But I, but I, I, I will even, say in my defense, I have hurt someone before. I have too. Yeah. So like, this is not but a they weird loved question. It. If you are someone who has a fear of hurting people, you're going to ask the question a lot, you know? I mean, sure. But like, you know, it's the kind of stuff where like, um, but let me, I'm sorry, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, it's not, it's, I'm not just, I'm not ter- talking purely in a sexual context. I mean, like, you know, I'm not either helping what are you talking about? I have just hurt people with my body by, you know, uh, play wrestling when I was younger or so if I walking past someone. <laughs> many times. I think yeah. every single friend I had, I accidentally hurt at one point or another and felt horrible about it. My t- <laughs> I only did that in debate. Did that make you more cautious? Yes. Later in life and respectful yeah. of their well-being. Yeah. Well, so why would you not accord that to a fat person? Because they no. because I'm not saying that that's not, I'm not saying that that's, 
I would not have walked in. The reason I was hurting them was because I wasn't assuming anything about interacting with them. Ah, right. Okay. But that was also when we were like eight years old. So like <laughs> as a fully grown adult person of a, a standard ability, um, for instance, carrying groceries somewhere like the, the, the level of surprise when I can actually carry more than like one and a half bags of groceries or helping move like a king size mattress. And it's like, oh, or I, like, I was thinking more in terms of like impact and like physical contact. No, no, no. It's little. So like that's, um, okay. there was a point where I helped somebody that I was dating move, basically move furniture around in a room, like re completely re rearranging sort of, the furniture. Yeah. Reorganize the room. And I, did it almost entirely on my own because I insisted because he was having, he was sort of struggling with it. And I was like, look, I can do this. It's fine. Was he fat or no? It yeah. doesn't matter. Yeah. 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 Um, and it turned into this thing where I had to convince him that that was okay. Oh, and I didn't okay. mind. And I was happy to be of service. And he was stressing about, you know, me doing that and having the ability to do that on my own, like couches mm. and stuff like that. I was misunderstanding what you were saying that that is a little, but that's that's not the only time that's happened. No, no and, but and, I understand what you're saying now. Yeah. I, I want to go back to the bedroom situation. Thank you very much. <laughs> okay. <laughs> always always want to bring it back to sex. Sure. Uh, no, there's this mis this misunderstanding that like if you're with, like if you're 500 pounds and your partner's 150 pounds, like you are going to crush them. Actually, it's the other way around. You're much more likely to crush a guy like me because we are so much bigger, and you will lie on more of us you're going to literally fall off the sides of the little guy. Oh, right. Because mm. Dan is tall and also broad. I'm He's really, built. really broad. There's a lot of surface area. And so if a, if a huge, I can probably take less weight because more of me is, or, or more of you is in contact with my body. A really thin guy, they don't need that much room. And most of the weight is either going off the side, is on the, yeah. is being supported by the mattress on the other side. I was going to say, if we're talking about a mattress situation, which is probably a good 90 plus percent. Well, of, so many chasers want to be crushed, you know? Right. Mm. Well, <laughs> my point was that on a mattress, especially like a foam mattress, you're, you're cushioned in the mattress. Like if mm. you're on a, I would say if this, if we're talking about something where this somehow happens on the floor where there is no give, yeah, that's not going to go well because mm. there's no give like, but that's kind of the point is like on a mattress where most of this is going to be happening anyway, there, you know, that's part of it is there's a lot of softness. It's just, it's just funny. I'm listening to this and like the physics for my body is the opposite. Like if you're, I would hate to have someone on top of me while I'm on a giving mattress because I'm going to feel embedded and suffocated by um, that mattress. Mm. It's just, I mean, it's sorry. It's neither here nor yeah, there. I'm, I'm just, just talking about the weight distribution. Yeah. Right. I just right, find right. it interesting. Square inches, you know. What do just you have concerns. to say about it? <laughs> uh, I mean, aside from mattresses, um, I mean, something I have been, I don't know, dealing with more recently with perceptions of my body is, um, you know, I'm not going to the gym, so I'm not getting the like, yeah, good job, buddy. Clap, high five. <laughs> Um, and you missed that, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, it's I've been doing, you know, Zoom Pilates and I've been doing more advanced uh, kind of mat work and progressively more advanced during the pandemic, you know, two years shutter. As opposed um, to being on a machine. Yeah, as opposed to being on a machine. Um, and my Pilates instructor is really great, but he is very frequently like, oh my God, I can't believe you're doing this. Like, it doesn't look real. Like, who's, who is, who's doing that? Who's moving that? It's like, I'm doing it. It's me. It me. Like, 
Or oh, like, does he think Dan you have moving like, you? Like, like marionette wires hooked up above yeah. your head? That's no, yeah. it's, it's well, Dan in the green screen, green body <laughs> sock. Ooh. I mean, there are several things that are marionette like, so I think that's part of it. But just like <laughs> just the movements, you mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, just it's frustrating because it's like you, like he knows my body. It's he been knows, two years. It's been two years. <clears throat> it's just kind of exhausting at this point, and part of it is. It is, you know, there's things that I do that people who are a third of my size can't do or struggle to do. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, yep, I'm doing it. Do, 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 do. Well, <laughs> and the degree of flexibility that that Trevor brings to the table, I mean. It's, <laughs> it's amazing. Yes. I mean, like I said, you'd be impressed if a thin person did it. And so when Trevor does it, it is like even more awe-inspiring. But as you say, your, your Pilates instructor, this shouldn't be news to him. Yes, and it just... And I think it's just general awe because it is like, it's exciting when anyone does it, but like it's- It's know, front page I'm news say, when yeah. you do it. You're three people in one. Well, I mean, didn't, when you did that photo shoot for that, for that magazine or newspaper, didn't, I mean, that was part of it is like your flexibility. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they just, I mean, there were so many things I did that they photographed that they didn't use. Doing Pilates specifically. Yeah. yeah. It's an assumption. It's an assumption. And it's Although just at like that it, point it's- no, it's more than that because yeah, he, knows, a, better. he knows better. Yeah, it's not just a first impression. But I like the I like what you said, Trevor, that it didn't seem real to him. Yeah. It seemed to defy physics. Well, and it's because it's, you know, unusual. Like, he's seen this before, but never with someone my size because people, there there aren't a lot of really fat people that do Pilates. Um, so it's, and it's, you know, watching it on a screen of me like, it looks like a special effect. Yeah. It looks like CGI. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so maybe, maybe don't, don't make assumptions or try not to. Yeah. I think that would be a good, a good takeaway. Um, and I, and I would like to point out for the record in, in over, you know, a decade of, of active sexual experiences, I have been quote unquote injured exactly once. And it was in a very extreme situation. So like, I don't know. But Trevor apologized. I I feel, yeah, I feel like, (laughs) I feel like, you know, to use that as an example of like, I mean, sure, I guess, but also like that was almost an attempt to push the boundaries to see at what point an injury would happen. Yes. Like, oh, at that, that was point. not just your, that was not just your average, like shifting positions and yeah, like, whoops, I broke my arm or I'm whatever. I'm totally yeah. picturing a Cirque du Soleil act at this point. I Michael, mean, Michael kind of, puts his goggles on <laughs> and gives a thumbs up. Okay, light it. <laughs> um, yeah. Where's that whip crack again? Um, anyway, so, yeah, uh, I'm curious if listeners have had similar, uh, particularly for at least from my point of view, particularly chaser listeners, if that's a ubiquitous experience or not. Well, I mentioned earlier in the episodes I was getting stock photos for uh, a project, oh. and the project is a big fat gay resources page. I'm so happy. Which, How do I still not have an applause sound effect? <laughs> this is stupid at this point. How many times have I said? All right, there we go. <laughs> yes. Um, so, I mean, people have requested this at various points. And I was like, oh, we'll just go to the episode page. Well, now we have almost 100 regular episodes. Michael says 140. Closer to 140 clips of the show, whether they're numbered episode or not. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, it has clothing. It has travel things we've shared, such as like 
customer size policies, mm -hmm. seatbelt extenders. Is it searchable? Like, what was that thing they talked about? Da, 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 da. I mean, you can do control find. It's, yeah, if yeah, you search okay. the page. Yeah. And it's also, you can click on like clothing and it'll drop you down to the clothing, clothing section. There's so it's, organi it's organized by topic. Yes. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. And there's um, links in the page. Yes. Events, books, um, organizations. I mean. So it's browsable too. Yes. All the good stuff. Um, yeah. And we'll, we'll continue to add to it. Anything that we um, share as a tip will probably be added to it. And the web manager me is a huge fan of having the SEO of all of those links in one page. <laughs> Sorry. It's search engine optimization. It's a good thing to have lots of links on your website. That's oh, all I was yeah. saying. Boy, we, we're so linky. Yeah, we're we've got tons of links. We've been linked hard. That's going to be a really good resource once that's up and running. That's really yeah. exciting. Is it live? Um, it will be live as of this episode. Yay! Yay. So All we right. have a bit today. Excellent. Um, we're experimenting with something, and now I'm wondering if I've made a mistake with this experiment. Nope, we're doing it. <laughs> okay, so we're having another one of our bits where we have to buzz in when this you have the answer. Don's idea. Um, well... Our, our buzzing can be very lackluster. It could be hard. Don, hand me that last dart over there. Oh, no. So Don thought it would be a smashing idea for us to all get Nerf guns and shoot him instead of buzzing in. Yes. Okay. And so, it's up to his body to tell him which dart yeah. first. I'm going to know. This is. I'm going to know. This is going to be good. Right, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Not wait. the face, boys. This listen, is a moneymaker. Listen to this. Listen to this sound. Holy shit. <laughs> that was an actual <laughs> Nerf gun that I'm holding I'm right now. Well, you know, nervous. Nerfs can be pretty big. You got to be loaded to take them down. <laughs> okay. So with this one, I'm going to be asking you all a question. I'll see you as in the As soon as you believe, and then I'm going to follow it up with a couple hints. The hints are going to make the answer more and more obvious. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, when you know the answer, even if I'm not done with the hints, or if I haven't given a hint yet, feel free to shoot and let me know. All right. <laughs> <laughs> These are all related to uh, famous misassumptions that have been made in the past. Okay. Okay. Samuel Pepys, a, cele a celebrated English diarist, was an avid theater fan and wrote of many of the works he saw. He delivered some rather scathing reviews on some classics works of his day, such as The Worst Play I Ever Saw, or The Most Insipid Ridiculous Play, or A Very Silly Play. Okay. Whose plays was he writing about? <gasps> Hints. He has a global fame. Shakespeare. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> Just don't blurt it until I call on you, because if two people shot me, you would- Yeah, well, I got you first. <laughs> Hold you on. You are correct. <laughs> um, specifically, he said, of Romeo and Juliet, the worst play I ever saw in my life. A Midsummer Night's Dream, the most insipid, ridiculous play, and Twelfth Night, a silly play. Right. Oh yeah, but he really loved what? Titus Andronicus? <laughs> <laughs> so his reviews did not live up. All right, question two. Arm yourselves, gentlemen. Dr. Dionysus Lardner was a professor. <laughs> oh boy. Dionysus Lardner. I love it already. Was a professor of natural history and astronomy at London University in the mid 1800s. He warned that traveling at full speed on these vehicles would asphyxiate their passengers due to- Ow. Oh, you're welcome. That was quick. <laughs> right. You are correct. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah, he, he thought that velocity kills. Huh. Uh, yeah, he thought that the air could not possibly uh, stay present while they were breathing, I guess. Well, I mean, if, the, if it wasn't quote unquote pressurized, <laughs> I suppose. 
No, it's it's the, he mistook he could, didn't understand the difference between acceleration and velocity. I wasn't expecting someone might shoot me in the thumb. Don, <laughs> you did this to yourself. All right, and I have no regrets. I can't wait for the lightning round. Question, oh God, <laughs> damn it! All right, question three. Charles Charles Duell opined in eighteen ninety nine that everything that can be invented has been invented. For what group specifically did he work for? Hint. The United States government deals. Oh, <laughs> that looks painful. Dad. Uh, the U.S. Patent Office. That is correct. The ah. U.S. Patent Office. Whoa. <laughs> Sorry, I have, I have darts I got to use we up have now. misfires going on now. <laughs> and Trevor, Trevor and Dan have the really, th- those hurt. <laughs> well, I think, I think it doesn't help that I'm like two feet away from Don. Yeah, that's, that's true. Okay. Final question. I feel like I need to pair you with my phone. This is my shield now. Um, all right. Who I'm predicted? Try to get it through Don's earring, <laughs> not the face. Who predicted back in 1981? 640k ought to be enough for anybody. Oh, 81. 1981. Not talking finance. No. This question bites. Oh. Uh, but wait, who though? You're reading for who? 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 Not about what they're talking. Not Steve Jobs. Bill Michael. Gates. Bill Gates is uh-huh. correct. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting just shooting things now. I'm getting the grudge shots. <laughs> I have one more shot. Oh, no, I have two more shots. And there are two other people you haven't shot yet. They didn't <laughs> offer to get shot. Yeah. <laughs> Are you, so you're saying you're not a masochist. I, I am, in fact, not. Okay. Well, I will save <laughs> you. You will be by the end of this. But I mean, it was I'm, a more effective buzzer than the buzz. I've already cocked the gun, though. I've got to shoot somebody. I don't want to be shot. Remember that down. famous, uh, what do you call uh, other far side comic strip of the bears? In the, in the hunter sites, we should we should probably uh, we should probably wrap this up. Yeah, <laughs> Hope does not like being shot. So, <laughs> if you want to shoot one of us digitally over <laughs> o- over the internets of things, where Trevor, where could they, uh, where could they do that? We're, <laughs> we're on Instagram and Twitter as at Big Fat Gay Pod. Our Patreon is patreon.com slash bigfatgaypod. We're on Facebook as the Big Fat Gay Podcast. Five stars there. Five stars on Apple Podcasts. Everywhere. Spotify. Spotify. Five stars. Leave us a review. We love those. See the articles we talked about at www.bigfatgaypod.com. The resources are at bigfatgaypod.com slash resources. Yay! I feel like the social media just tripled in length. This is a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Well... Listener, maybe you are, you're finishing up. You just finished watching uh, Profiles in Fatness and it was a hoot. You learned something. You felt something. I don't like the sound. (laughs) (laughs) And you just feel a chill down your spine (laughs) because it's Michael with the dart gun. He's going to shoot you. You better watch out. (laughs) 